Welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we're having a conversation with Pastor Allen about our One Family, One Mission capital campaign. Welcome back, Brian. Hey, Brian. It's good to be back, man. How are you doing today? I am doing well. Uh, This is not what I thought we would be doing today uh, because uh, we've already done this once, actually, haven't we? I'm having Groundhog Day. Yes. (laughs) No, we we are recording on Monday. We're trying to get this posted on Monday. We had recorded a podcast with Pastor Allen about our One Family, One Mission. Right. We had some technical issues with that recording. And so now... We're going to do it all over again. Yes, we're going but to do it again. this is take two, so it should be even better. That's what we're thinking. That's what we're thinking. And guess what? You'll, listener, you'll never know. <laughs> hey, but we just told them. Well, anyway. yeah, but they'll never know if it's better or not. Oh, oh, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That'll so, be the hidden audio. So anyways. The lost tapes. <laughs> well, we're back with Pastor Allen. We're glad to have you here today. How yeah. are you doing this morning? No, I'm glad to be here again uh, okay. for the same thing, <laughs> same purpose. But I just want to state up front the technical difficulties... I had nothing to do with. And I was just here recording. We should have consulted you more yes. to get it right. Well, that would not have helped uh, at all. But at least we can redo it and uh, we can share hopefully some information that will be uh, helpful to people as we're still considering how we're going to participate in the One Family, One Mission capital campaign that we're in the middle of. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So if you don't know, this is going to be more geared towards our church and kind of what's mm-hmm. happening, but it will be hopefully edifying for other churches that are going through a similar thing. And, you know, we do want to talk about our overall mission and vision as churches, as Christians, right? Uh, and then how our church is kind of fleshing that out. We are in the middle of a capital campaign trying to raise money for a um, building project that we can uh, really expand some of our our ministry, expand some of our uh, outreach things that we're doing at church. But, you know, we had purchased a piece of property back in 2020, pre-pandemic, right, Pastor? Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, no, we purchased the property. We closed on the property in, uh, I think it was February, something like that. February, March, Uh, something It was before the pandemic hit. Uh, we went and actually signed papers during the middle of the pandemic as it was just getting going. And, uh, you know, our church was very united around our plan. And, you know, God had been doing good things in our church all the way through 19. We were really on the cusp to take the next step. And God had provided a really uh, key piece of property less than a minute away from our church. We were very excited about all that. And then the pandemic came along. But, you know, our church has processed that, and we, we know God's right in the middle of what we're doing, and uh, God was not surprised by a pandemic. And so we're walking forward now. It's time. We've, we had to pause our campaign for a little bit. We've unpaused. We're going forward now, and we're really excited. We just had a great event yeah. uh, down at our North Campus uh, on the 30th of October, and we had a great turnout on a real kind of cloudy, rainy <laughs> yeah. day. And uh, it was just such a blessing because we just couldn't have even done an event like that before we had this property. Yeah, there there was no way for us to do that before. And I will say, you know, one of the cool things about 
having the property, you know, God's timing is perfect. And while it seems crazy to do what we did, it ended up being a lifesaver for our church and a lot of the ministries during the pandemic. I mean, being able to do VBS because of that property, being able to keep doing student ministry stuff and, and Awana stuff because we were able to, you know, distance and be be safe with everything because of that property. So that's been a huge thing that I, I, I sometimes forget that, you know, I forget how helpful that has been even through this whole you know, yeah, situation. We've, we've kind of adapted to using it a lot as yeah. our green space and using it as like a youth center mm-hmm. and all of these things just kind of naturally happened. And so you do take it for granted, but we, after th- through a series of increasing our worship space here at our South campus, we'd put extra parking in because our parking was jammed out and we have a green space. Yeah. No more, no more outdoor activity space other than our playground we are blessed with a great uh, worship center that also doubles as a gym. So we've got lots of space for activities, but you need some green space. Yeah. You know, just like we shed, said yesterday, I mean, we've had multiple events there with our, our fall festival, uh, VBS. We've had our egg, we had our egg hunt there yeah, this Easter, last year. Uh-huh, yeah. That was amazing. That was huge. Yeah. yeah. So we, we've seen so many benefits from it already. It's just now we've got to raise the funding yeah. <laughs> to to pay for that and to then renovate the space down there because it really, there's a lot of need down there. We purchased a property that had a lot of deferred maintenance and we've just, we've got to renovate the space down there. And then as a part of that here at South Campus, we, we need to put a, we have a space to put a new student center in. And then we want to, we're going to upgrade our children's facilities too, and some security measures and some new space that they can use for large group space. So there's a lot of opportunities for us. It's just that, you know, it's time to, it's time to ask ourselves yeah. what we got to have us to give to help do that. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk through this real quick. Uh, Cause there's been some questions about, Phase one, phase two. So let's talk just big picture, yeah, yeah. right? So phase one was intended to help us with our, our current problems that we were having at the time. And we still see some of those problems now. So if you could sum up just overall phase one, and then we'll get into maybe some more of the goal, the specific goals in just a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So phase one really is us using both properties uh together. And that's exactly what will happen in phase two. But for phase one, to get us over the hurdles that we had as far as uh, parking space and ministry space, the first phase of the, the, the plan was to go up and to develop North Campus to where we could, to the point where we could move our first service and our on-campus life groups up to the North Campus. So that would help us free up parking space here, at the, especially at the 930 hour, to help that service be able to have room for people to park. And it would also help the 11 o'clock service continue to grow as well. So by us using that space that way, we're, we're effectively adding parking right, right off the bat. Right. And we were going to be able to provide a new worship space for our first service that would serve in the second phase as a transition space of a four-year space into a new worship center. But that's all phase well, two. Well, it'll be a great so. worship. It also can be an event space yeah. for smaller right. events that we have, uh, small weddings, right. Yeah, like it's going to be very useful to us. So. The plan was and is to use these spaces together to help us to continue to grow. Now, you may say, well, aren't we in the middle of a pandemic? Has our has our attendance fallen off? Yes, it has some, but uh, even this past Sunday, we had right at 500 people here. And we know that when we hit yeah. that 500 range here at the South Campus, that's when we start to feel the pinch of our parking. And so we know and we see all the signs telling us 
the plan we have is a plan we still need, and we just got to keep moving forward so we can overcome the barriers that keep us from being able to reach out to folks. So the biggest question that I've heard is, what about phase two? Because there were some people that missed that on the first go around. So what is phase two? And then, uh, you know, I've had people ask, you know, they assume we're getting rid of the South campus as well in that. Yeah, no, no, no. We're keeping both camp, both, uh, campuses, uh, they'll be active in phase two. So phase one, uh, would allow us to grow up to probably around 900 or so in attendance, but if not much past that. So as we, as God moves and as we continue mm-hmm. to grow, we at some point in the second phase will build a, a worship center and a children's wing up on our north campus. When we do that, we'll move all of our worship services up there, and all of our Sunday morning activities would all be up on the north campus at that time in a new sanctuary with a new children's wing. Uh, it allows all, like I said, to all worship at the same spot. Uh, on Sunday mornings. But through the week here at South Campus, where we are currently, uh, we'll continue to use this as our weekday daycare ministry uh, that we have, our child care ministry. And then we have our student ministry will be up here on Sunday evenings and on Wednesdays. And our children's ministries will be up here on Wednesday evenings in Awana. So both campuses are going to be continued to use into the future. It's just going to take some time before we get there because we don't want to get ahead of God. Right. We just want to remove any barriers that may be there as God moves. We can just continue to move with Him. So yeah, it's, and it's as kind of as it. into phase two again, that's as as the Lord moves. That's when we know you know we're going to go for right. that. But yeah, but that that'll be like you said the the student ministry. You know, theoretically, um, you know, the, there'll be a whole new children's wing at North Campus and worship center. Well, a student ministry would hopefully <laughs> grow with that as well, and so even the new student ministry space that we'll be putting in for first phase um, will have, will end up growing out of that. And so the South campus will be a great place to offer continual student ministry to grow as big as it, as big as conceivable, I think. Right. Yeah. So it'll all work together. So everything we do in the first phase will be built upon in the second phase. We're not going to do anything in the first phase that we're then going to have to, you know, undo undo or tear down so we can do something in second phase it's all going to work together it's all going to build upon itself yeah, so one of the surprising things that i've noticed is some of our life groups you know we have life groups on sunday morning we have life groups uh, on sunday evenings and throughout the week they're utilizing our yeah, south campus and our north campus throughout sunday nights and throughout the week and i think that's a really great development because you know i think there's still some people that are uh not wanting people in their homes, maybe, you know, I don't know if that's a thing or not, not for us so much, but maybe some people, but I'm glad we have the education space to be able to offer that, uh, in the evenings, offer that on Sunday night. I think it's yeah. a great, a great benefit. It just gives us much more flexibility, uh, in ministry. And so we don't, uh, it's not like, well, we would like to do some things on our campuses, but we can't, we have no space because we'll have space and that's going to be a big blessing. So, you know, everything in first, a lot of people have asked me, well, what's the timing of all of this? Like, mm-hmm, how quick yeah. are we going to get first phase done? Well, to be honest with you, first phase will get done as we have pledges and and we raise the funds to do everything in, in phase one. So uh, we have an ultimate goal. Our highest goal right now in phase one is $2.9 million. That would help us do everything that we want to do in phase one, just 
to jump right into all of it. Right. Uh, but as we go, if we if we don't raise quite two point nine million dollars, we have the second goal is one point six million. That's going to help us get most of it done, a lot of it done. And then the $750,000 goal, the, the lowest goal, will help us to immediately do some things that need uh, attention, like yeah. well, a new a new uh, roof on our gymnasium at North Campus. We're going to put our student center in here at South Campus. We're going to renovate the children's ministries here at South Campus. We're going to do all that in phase one, and we'll also be able to raise uh, about, to pay off about half the debt on the property on North Campus too. So However much we raise, that's how much we'll do, and we just trust God for all that. And uh, by God's grace, hopefully we'll raise two point nine, and we'll get it all done. And uh, but whatever at whatever level we raise the money, that's the that's how much we'll do. And God's in control of all that timing too. So I'm very comfortable with that. Well, and that's the thing we know that God's going to move on on people's hearts. You know, we trust in in the Lord, and so like we will. This is going to be cool because we're going to see what God once done right now. Right. You know, we know that this is the direction God's taking us. And, you know, we don't know all the details, and that's okay. We're not promised all the details, but we know the direction. And uh, and whatever God does in the hearts of all of the people of this church, we're going to then find out, like, oh, man, you know, this is what God wants us to do right now. And that's right. exciting to me. Yeah, and if you feel like you need uh, more information, uh, I'll just say this up front at the beginning here, that... Uh, you go to oakhillbc.org slash one, O-N-E, and we've got all of our videos we're posting as they come out. Uh, we have a devotional we put together. There's a great brochure that kind of walks through all the things that we've talked about. Yeah. And um, all of the information is is there, and you can find it all. And uh, I, I think it's just a great resource. So if you're like, hey, I need more information, go to our website and uh, you can get all of the information there. So yeah, that's a great thing to do. One of the things that we've been doing, uh, I think we've had technically three sermons so far, just talking about the why behind we're doing this. Right? I mean, we've been we've been so far today. We've been talking about what we're trying to do, um, but we've also been talking about why. And Pastor, you know, you've been preaching on this. So so far, what are some of the big reasons? why we need to do this. So are we just trying to build a gigantic church? Is that what we're trying to do? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, when I came to Oak Hill 15 years ago, I told them I didn't come with a plan in a briefcase uh, for us to do. Uh, if we follow this plan, we'll be a certain size church because we, we just we just can't control what God does. We have to be faithful to do the basics of what we find in Scripture, and that's what we've tried to do for 15 years since I've been here. And God's blessed that over the course of time. And I've always said, as God moves, we move. God has been moving uh, before COVID. He is still moving now in the midst of COVID or on the backside of COVID. And so all we have to do is continue to be faithful to move forward with Him. And so He's provided a plan for us. We as church family came together and overwhelmingly uh, voted for that or or, or, uh, saw God in it. And so we, we... came together around that plan. And so now it's just time to walk forward in it. And uh, we've already seen, as I said, even this past Sunday, uh, people are coming. We're, we're, we're having people join the church. People have been getting baptized. We've seen God still moving. So there's no reason for us to take our eye off of the mission that we have to spread the gospel and make disciples. So, Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I was talking to the students about uh, some of the history of of. Christendom and, and you know, uh, Reformation Day was, you know, Halloween. And we were talking about these different names. And one of the students said, man, those guys have amazing names. And I was like, no, no, no. 
those go they all had normal names their names were normal what made them amazing was that they all just took a stand on God's word yeah. and God used them through that and i think you know the first sermon you preached on was how important the word of God is and how we have to be a church, a place where we hold high the word of God yeah. and let God use that as yeah. he sees fit. Yeah, I, I do think that's really important going forward. I know our all of our pastors feel this way, that uh, in the days in which we live, it's more important than ever to run to God's word and to proclaim the truths of it, not be ashamed of it, not soft sell it, but to just speak the truth uh, that God has given us. And so we speak it in love, but we, we don't need to be ashamed of God's Word because it's going to be the truth of God's Word that will see us through the, the days in which we live in. You know, and a lot of people think the days are tough and hard and dark, and well, there's not a better time than to run to the Word of God and to believe it and to live it in your life. So Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I had uh, forgotten how uh, that, that sermon really came together, and it was a really great message. And I would encourage all of our listeners to go to our website and listen to that sermon about... Because that kind of set the tone for our whole campaign. For yeah. really, I mean, that's kind of what our, our church is about. We want to see people uh, come to faith in Jesus, be discipled, and continue in that process, yeah. continue to make disciples. Uh, you know, we talk about the four Bs, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. We want, we want all of our people to behold God. We want to encourage corporate worship on an ongoing way in their lives uh, we don't shy away from that. Yes, we're online. We we stream our services uh, gladly for those who just can't come. But we don't want to encourage people to stay in their homes. We right. we need to come. Even this past Sunday, we we talked about the importance of assembling ourselves together. We need that relational, we, yeah, we, we, together we, discipleship. Yeah. That's how God's designed it, and that's how we give ourselves away. It's how we invest in others. God's given so much to us. It's it. He expects us to give ourselves away into the lives of others, and so that's how that works. And we want people to uh, we want people to belong here at our church. We want them to find a life group, a small group to be to get involved in, and uh, that's the second B. We we want to encourage it. We don't shy away from that. It's important to be in community with other believers. We want people to become more like Christ. That's kind of talking more about the the discipleship process yeah. and and about looking for others that either you can invest your life in or that. Uh, you know that you need your life invested in, and you're looking for others to help pour yeah. into you. And so we want to do that kind of organically through smaller groups of believers, maybe groups of three or four that can come and and be encouraged and, and equipped and, uh, and and discipled and see that play out. And then we want to also go beyond. Uh, that's the, the fourth B. And we, we just really want people to go beyond themselves and giving themselves away in the life of the local church, but then go beyond the walls of our church as well, to go beyond mission locally through our local missions endeavors or uh, our missions endeavors that are a little farther away than that as well. So we, we want to give ourselves away. Uh, like the other side way. of the world, right? Yeah, like the other <laughs> side of the world. One of our pastors is just leaving yeah. to go be a missionary, a vocational missionary on the other side of the world in Japan. Yeah, And so we're Praise thankful to God for that, and hopefully that will encourage more Christians yeah. in our church. And he's already doing ministry with uh, you know Japanese people here in Evansville before he can get there. Yeah, you know? yeah. So Jap- it's going beyond here, there, and everywhere. You yeah, know? Japan has come to us, of course, because a lot of Japanese people come here to work at Toyota and other places. And uh, there's at least four families now that uh, there's connections that Nick and Melissa have had now to to do that. Well, this is all part of our church. Yeah. We, we want to encourage that. Even if it's one of our own pastors, we want to, them to go on mission vocationally, if that's what is called of them. We want our people to... But, but it all happens out of the truthfulness of the Word of right. God. So That's right. 
Yeah, the word is our foundation. It's it's so important. Now, you know, we had that sermon, and then the next week, uh, we had uh, Dr. Todd Lynn come in, and he filled the pulpit while you were away on your anniversary trip. Uh, happy anniversary, yes. by the way. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, Paul thank has you. put up with you for 35 years. That's <laughs> yes. quite an accomplishment. She has almost put up with me for 35 years because our actual anniversary date is November 8th. Oh, so, okay. okay. So we'll we see. went... So we as long went, as we make a few more days. <laughs> yeah. As long as, as long as I can make it a few more days and she can put up with me a few more days, which I think she will, uh, we'll have 35 years in. And so, That's yeah. Awesome. It, it was great That's to be able to get away. But... It was so good because Todd and Michelle Lynn are are members of our church now, and Todd has been a faithful pastor for many years uh, here, really close to us in Henderson, Kentucky, and uh, he's a, a member of our church now. He he's a writer. He writes commentaries. He he's re- very gifted, and they are active members in our church. And so I asked Todd if he would, through some of the experiences he's been through as a senior pastor, to come and to speak to our church about the the need for sacrificial giving because that's what it's going to take to be a part of what we're in the middle of. And so he spoke about cheerful giving, about an attitude that we're to have. And I was so thankful to God that he did that. I what think people I, were really I, blessed. What yeah. I loved about that sermon was how he, right at the end of the verse, he was using St. Corinthians, it says, you know, it's kind of like you're giving, yeah. you're doing all this because of God's inexpressible gift. Yeah. And he, it kind of just tails off there. And Paul, it's kind of like, um, it's almost like we should know what he's talking about, yeah. which we should as Christians. And, 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 uh, Dr. Todd, he, he gave it just such, he said, it's the gospel is the reason God is a, is the, is an over amazing, generous God. So why would the people of God not be generous be like in spirit and in resources and in everything God has given them? Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's like what, you know, and then you came back pastor and preached this, you know, yesterday you preached about uh, the call of God to to ultimately invest, but but it really came right off of that. This indescribable gift is what you were talking about. Everything that God has given to us in Jesus Christ and in, in the gospel, we have been given this indescribable. It will literally take us an eternity to to wrap our minds around what God has done it, for it's us. It's almost as if, like, like when Paul was writing indescribable under the inspiration of the Spirit, it was almost like words, words fail him to describe the full breadth of this indescribable or this inexpressible gift. It's, yeah. uh, uh, you know, and, and then as Todd unpacked that and talking about an attitude, but he kind of came to the point where why, when you think about this, it's almost like why would we not give back to yeah. a God who's given so much to us? You know, yeah, so. we we are an extension of God and bringing glory to God, and and we serve a generous God, so we should be generous people. We should be people that are marked with uh, generosity of our time, of all of our resources, of everything. I mean, we we have been given everything as. Yeah. Uh, stewards in this life and so it just makes sense for us it's kind of like a like a light bulb goes off in your brain at some point and it's like boom you know as a christian i must be generous yeah but you know it does go back uh to that old pastor joke where they say the last thing that's saved on a person is their wallet you know yeah (laughs) yeah that that can be that can be a a real uh, test for people sometimes to be honest with you because you know, you can really see where the allegiance of people are if you look at their calendar and their checkbook. Now, yeah. I know a lot of people don't use checkbooks anymore, but you can go on their online statement or mm-hmm, whatever, and right. you can see wherever we spend our time and where we spend our money, we can see that's probably where our allegiance is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes it takes people a while. I don't know, even as a, a Christian, as a young Christian, 
it, it came, it took me a little bit to really kind of grasp some of that, but I was so thankful once I did because God is just so faithful. And, and that's really kind of what we looked at some yesterday about how faithful Jesus is to us that we can, we can trust him and we can, we can practice regular giving. We can practice sacrificial giving because we know that he, he will be faithful to well, us as we do that. And that was one of the things you said is that, you know, God, God is a regular giver. We see his regular gifts to us every single day. Every good the Bible says that every good thing comes down from the Father in lights. Literally, every good thing you have is a gift from God every day, all the time. He's always giving. But you then also see this overabundance of giving, the sacrificial beyond giving where Jesus came and, and sacrificed, gave his all for, for us. I mean, he gave his very life to save us from our sins and give us life. So that if we are to grow in Christ-likeness, I mean, that is one of the things, you know, Colossians, Paul talks about, we proclaim him, we proclaim Christ so that everyone would grow and become, you know, mature in Christ. We're, we're growing into the maturity of Christ giving is a part of that and and we are to be zealous for good works and so i think sometimes people are really excited to do that and they either think they have to do it super duper big and get overwhelmed or they just don't know how to take the first step do you guys agree do you think sometimes people want to do it and maybe just don't know how don't know how they can be faithful when they just feel overwhelmed by Life well, and stuff. I, I do think it's an issue of just people stepping out in faith and trusting God. And I also know, uh, just practically, people get very they get overextended financially because of a lot of financial choices they've made, and a lot of people just don't really pray through their finances and look for God's wisdom to help them know: Should I buy this second, you know, mm-hmm. new or newish car? Or could I buy something a little older and not have a, a payment on it? Or, you know, it just gets very practical sometimes. But even if you find yourself overextended, just because you're overextended doesn't mean God shouldn't be in the equation of your finances. Right. In fact, that's probably a sign where he really desperately needs to be yeah. a part of your finances and you need to prioritize uh, giving to the Lord in the middle of, of your life. Yeah, using and, biblical wisdom to to manage our finances i mean that that's important and i think every christian you know it's kind of like these areas that are just super practical they don't seem all that spiritual but let me tell you this is where the spiritual maturity really you really see this in a person is when they're able to manage their finances based on biblical principles they're able to order their life uh, based on the wisdom that comes from god's word yeah i mean let's just i could take my life for instance uh uh, I, me and my wife like to go on vacation. We like to travel. Uh, that's something we like to do together. Now, if I if I wanted to, I could travel pretty good every year. If I wanted to kind of finance some things and if I wanted to use some credit cards to do that and if I wanted to just kind of rack that up and kind of have a payment for trips, but you know, I'm all, I'll kind of stay ahead of it. I could do that, but but really that's not wisdom, and I don't think in my life. And so we choose not to do that. So we'll go, we'll take a vacation, but we, you know, I don't have to go. Uh, yeah. I don't have to go to the other side of the world to have a vacation. You know, I can. I have to try to use wisdom and say, okay, God, help me to understand what I have to use. 
Help me to be a good steward of it and make good choices. And some of us just trying to make good choices. Well, one of the things I found interesting is, you know, one, we, we talk about um, people being gifted, right? And I think, you know, obviously the Holy Spirit is gifted people, uh, believers, and we all play a role in the church. I think there are people in, in churches who are just naturally gifted. I say naturally, it's really supernaturally gifted. The Lord's gifted them to just be good with this sort of stuff. And, and I think one of the things that I would encourage people to do is... Um, if you don't feel like you know what you're doing, uh, you don't know how to prioritize, you just aren't really sure how to handle things like this, um, go talk to somebody who does. Right. And I know for me, that's been one of the most helpful things to just go talk to somebody who who has who obviously knows how to handle things. And you know what? I've I, Most of the conversations I've had have just been very simple, like, hey, do this with your money. And it's like, oh, yeah, uh, didn't think about that. But that's all that they have been doing. And so sometimes you just need somebody to help you think through it. And I think there are people in the church who can do that. I think sometimes people expect the church to be a financial uh, institution for them, to like just tell them how to do things with their money. Um, and that's not what the church is. But there are people with with a lot of wisdom in the church who could help you. And uh, and so if you're struggling with that, uh, come talk to somebody. Yeah, and but they they're, it's not just like they're wise about money in and of themselves themselves, those people that I know that are in the church that are really understand money and know how to invest it or use it, they're they're functioning out of biblical principles. That's, that, right. and, and, and they're and, they're giving well, they're giving. Yes, you're and, absolutely right. And so. they're able to when you're living out these biblical principles, you're able to be more generous just in life. I'm not right. just talking yes. about. I'm not talking that, just to the church. I'm talking just generous in life. If a need comes up in yep. somebody's life, you can just take care of it because God has blessed you and you want to help that person. That, that's so true. Everyone that I know that's been gifted with just like handling finances well are some of the 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 most giving, caring, compassionate people I know. And and somebody's like, oh, well, they have money to do that. No, they have not always had money to do that. It's through this that the Lord has blessed them. And, uh, you know, I don't really know how that works, but God does. It, that's just the way he's designed right. it. Well, God, I know that God blesses faithfulness and, yeah. and he does bless obedience and and it's not a, it's like, like we've said before, it's not some formula that I give this right. and God will do that. Mm -hmm. But it's just in the, the general sense that God does bless people who follow his biblical mandates mm. and uh, walk in his wisdom. And so it's just good for us to do that. But I do want to say, you know, you may find yourself, you know, maybe you've not been doing that and you're like, man, yeah. I'm, I'm just pretty... You know, financially, I'm strapped, you know, and then you hear your church talking about, man, now <laughs> you want me to give more or maybe you don't give anything, but you're, you want to start at some point. Well, this is a good time to try to start, you know, and sometimes people have a lot of things, but they don't have a lot of money. And I've known people in the past that they, they lived out sacrificial giving by really, they didn't have the money maybe to give, but they had things that they could sell and yeah. they could give the proceeds to. I've known people like that. I've known people who have uh, delayed getting a new car because they had their they want they they would take what they were going to have as their car payment, they'd make it they give it to the capital campaign. I've known people who have had uh campers who camped all the time. And I'm I know a lot of our people camp. I'm, I'm not talking about I'm not specifically talking about that. <laughs> but I have just known people that they've decided to, to sell their camper and they gave the proceeds to the capital campaign. I've known people who've done all kinds of things. They picked up uh, uh, extra jobs. I've known people who have picked up cutting grass and giving those proceeds. All kind of things like that. Uh, yeah. people can do. Yeah, there's lots of creative if, if you're sitting there and you're like I, I don't know how 
I'm going to give. Number one, you need to make sure you're, you're practicing right. biblical principles in your finances. Number two, if God has given you a, a desire and, and we're asking all the families to pray and ask God to what level could they sacrificially give, uh, God will help you find that way. And sometimes you have to get creative, you know? I mean, sometimes it's it's very simple and sometimes it's not simple. You know, right. sometimes it's, I'm going to brown bag my lunch and yeah. I'm going to not eat out and right. take that money. And that's, you know, that could be, who right. knows if you eat out every day, that could be $50 a week. You yeah. know, uh, you know, we had a guy who, uh, bought a new car every couple of years. And instead of doing that, he drove that extra, drove that car for a few more years right. instead of buying a new car. And he paid that car payment because his car was paid off. He paid that car payment to the church. Yeah. There's lots of ways you can do this. And, you know, even if you don't have it in your budget, so to speak, you can think creatively about how to give. Right. Yeah. And let me just say, there are a lot of our people that are regular givers because that's how our church functions. Yeah. I mean, our church functions by the regular giving that people give. And we're, I'm so thankful for that because they're being faithful to God. It allows our church to function. But to all those who are regular givers, we're now talking about sacrificial giving. So... You know, as me and Paula pray about it, I'm not just going to take some of my regular giving and give it to the capital campaign, right? Because that would then stifle the the ministries that the church needs to do on a regular basis. And so we're praying, Lord, we're going to continue in our regular giving, but help us to know what we can give over and above sacrificially, mm -hmm. and continue to give that. And so I would really strongly. You know, encourage everyone to really think through that and to see the importance of just continuing in the regular giving, but then giving sacrificially. Right. We saw Sunday from the message, I was trying to paint that picture. God God regularly gives, as Brian, uh, as BVD has already reminded us, but think about his regular giving. He doesn't just regularly give to those who are his children. Right. He regularly gives to everyone on the face of the earth through his common grace to them. Yeah. And it, so we think we're regular givers, and we would regularly give to people that we like or to right. our church that we love. <laughs> but God regularly gives to whoever and whomever. Yeah. And so he sets a great pattern for us that we need to be regular givers, but then he sacrificially gave his son. And there are times when we follow that pattern of sacrificial giving in the lives of the local church, and that's what we're doing. Now. Well, and that's one of the things that I've, uh, you know, the Lord's been pressing on on my heart that I, I love the the God isn't... Um, crazy. Like he knows what he's doing <laughs> to say, you know, he's not asking everybody to give the same amount of money. I'm glad you said that God wasn't crazy. Yeah. Well, I, I know yeah. that it's yeah. uh, obvious to us, but not, not <laughs> right. to everybody. Right. I and, know. and, and so, uh, sometimes people think, how can God ask me to do this? Like, God, how could you ask me to do this? Like, what are you thinking? Um, he's not crazy. He's not asking everybody to give the same thing. He's asking us to sacrifice equally. And that's the thing where Jesus sees the widow, uh, you know, and she goes and puts in her might. And he says, look, look at this one who's given the most, you know. And she's not giving anything in comparison to everyone else, but he is so pleased with her faith. And that's what it, it is. And you guys have said it, and I think uh, Dr. Todd said it, you know, and I've heard it many times. God does not call for equal giving. He calls for equal sacrifice. Right. And so God will outgive us 
every day of the week. He's all he's outgiven us eternally. There's no way you can outgive God. Um, and so we're we're not trying to outgive God. And we're not trying to outgive each other. We're simply trying to give what God would call us to give personally. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good point. That's really good. Yeah. So I want to give us one uh, final topic here to um, to talk about. I think this is really important. This is probably one of uh, the biggest reasons that we're doing this is biggest reasons we're participating. And this is, this is legacy. Mm. You know, we talk about things that last. We talk about the things that continue on when we're gone. You know, I'm, I, I'm middle-aged now. I've come to grips with that. You know, <laughs> yep. Pastor, you're, you know, I know you are middle-aged as well. I'm a little beyond middle that. Age. <laughs> I'm and, in the last third of my life. <laughs> you know, as, as you go along in life, naturally you begin to think about um, what's going to be left when I'm, when I'm gone. And, you know, my children, of course, will, will live on. My grandchildren. I think about the uh, legacy of people I've been able to, God's given me the opportunity to, to share my faith with, to disciple, yeah. all of those things. Those spiritual things are the things that will last forever. All of the junk that I've accumulated in my basement, in my house, it's going to go to somebody else and it's going to be, or, or to the landfill, like you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The spiritual things are those things that leave a lasting legacy. And so why would we not want to invest in something that's going to outlive us? Yeah, that's a great point, Brian. You know, it's not, churches are not about properties. We know the church is not buildings. We know that. But it's unmistakable that that the church functions and they have to gather and they have to gather somewhere. And so we gather on the properties that God has given us. And so I'm really thankful that saints who are no longer with us were willing to sacrificially give to secure the places that we have now so we can gather together uh, for worship and discipling our families and reaching out to our communities. That's really important. You know, I'm 55 now. I'll be 56 in March. So I have a little bit of gas left in the tank, but it is uh, it is less full than it used to be. And I want to see my kids and now my grandkids have a place where it's secured, is invested in, and is a place that they can continue to grow in their faith and then raise my my great-grandchildren in the faith as well. And so we don't do this for selfish reasons, but these are these are biblical reasons, biblical things we're to do in our families is to disciple and to proclaim the gospel to our own families and to corporately worship. And as we do that, we are to be a light to this community. And on the north side of Evansville, there's been a light on 4615 Oak Hill Road since 1963 when they That's right. when they uh, came together as a church plant, and ever since then we've been proclaiming the gospel. And it's my intentions for the rest of my ministries, as long as God allows me to be the senior pastor of this church, that our goal is going to continue to be a light here at 4615 Oak Hill Road and now at 5600 yeah. <laughs> Oak Hill Road yeah. as well in conjunction for the glory of God. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the fact that almost 60 years ago, 60 years ago, there was a group of Christians that came together as a church and many of those faithful saints have passed on, but we stand on their shoulders today. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and that's great. And you know, our uh, the former senior pastor of Oak Hill, Glenn Flowers, he was just here in worship uh 
two, three, two Sundays ago. They were here a couple Sundays in a row. It was so great to have them here because Glenn was here for 21 years. And, and so he, he led and they did ministry for 21 years here under that ministry before I ever came. I've been here 15 years. This church has a, has a legacy that we are building upon the investments of other saints who, when it was called for them to step up, they did. And I just pray that we will now answer the call, step up, continue to invest in God's, you know, God's kingdom here on, on Oak Hill Road. We know that God's kingdom will be fulfilled one day, yeah. but we're just a part of the work of the kingdom yeah. right now. One of the one of my favorite movies, which we've talked about on the podcast, is Master and Commander. And in that, they uh, he <laughs> they're shaking their heads at me. Um, he 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 tells the men. He says, "This this ship is England." This ship is England. Fight, fight for your country, and uh, and you know this this church is our little outpost of the kingdom. You know, right. this is where we stand. This is where God has called us to be, and we need to be a light to Evansville. Uh, we need to be a light to our families. And um, you know, I've said before that if we had perfect weather all the time uh, in Southern Indiana, then we would only need a field. You know, we would just need a field where we could get together. Um, but we don't have perfect weather all the time, and right. so we need a place, and we need to take care of that place so we can do all the things that God has called us to do to be the light of His kingdom of the of the gospel to the world. So that's what we're asking ourselves to do. You know, we're all, uh, you know, us three in this room right now, we are taking this seriously personally for our families. um, And we're asking the whole church to do the same. That's right. I remember we interviewed around our 50th anniversary, we interviewed one of our founding members, Maurice Boltinghouse. He's gone to be with the Lord. And, you know, we asked him, we said, Maurice, what is it going to take for Oak Hill to go on in the future? And he said, listen, it's going to be up to the people and the pastor. And it's that Mm. partnership between the pastors of the church and the people of the church for the glory of God. That's what it's all about. And if we are in agreement that we are for God's glory, we are for the gospel, then we will continue on for as many years as God uh, deems deems us to to go on for. Yeah, And I just love that. Yeah. It's uh, ultimately, it's God working on the hearts of his people through the pastors and the people for us to be willing to... um, go beyond ourselves and to be willing to do things uh, for his glory, not our own. So that's That's good. Yeah. So I'm excited to see everything that God's got planned for us. And we're just going to step forward. Whatever he asks us to do, we're going to do it wherever he leads. We will go. Yeah. I'll remind everybody, uh, go to the website, okillbc.org slash one O N E okillbc.org slash one. And all the information is there. We've got a table out front in the foyer. You can pick up, uh, information there as well. The commitment cards are going to be going out, yeah. and we those are going to be due back on or before November fourteenth. Fourteenth, yeah. So make sure to get your commitment card in. Pray, pray about it first, and then get your commitment card back in. Yeah, and just one quick plug: we'll be announcing whatever the level of our yeah. commitments are at our Thanksgiving uh, dinner this year, and I am super excited about that because that's always been in years past just a great time in the life of our church to uh, get together in a fellowship and just have that meal together. And we're able to do that this year. And I'm super excited yeah. just to be able to have that time yeah. together, <laughs> but then also to be able to announce exactly what God has done through his people. So I'm very, very much looking forward to that. It's going to yeah. be awesome. Praise God. Well, that's a good place to leave it. We're going to be back next week with our much anticipated. It's so anticipated. Inerrancy. Uh, podcast. We're continuing with our series on the nature of, of the, the word. word. 
And so we'll have that. If you haven't listened to any of the other nature of the word, go back and listen to it. Get the foundation of it there. We had two two episodes. Two episodes. And then we'll have inerrancy and then we'll continue on. Yep. Very excited about that. It's going to be a lot of fun. So thank you for listening. And And we'll see see you you next time. time. Test check one, two, three, four. Test check one, two. I can't hear you. All right. You can't? I can. All right. You're in my ears. You're tickling my ears. Great. It's what I do. I tickle ears. Tickle ears. <laughs> I think there's something. Oh, that's in the Bible. In the Bible about Tickling that? ears. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's. Oh. Cold that's cold. not good. <laughs> yeah. Do I look more like a radio producer? You look, yeah. You got your table and everything too. Well, I figured I was gonna have a lot of stuff to set up, so the little end table wouldn't it was smart. would not be good. Who's coming our way? Children. It's like children. I guess it's a the teacher with two kids getting a cart. I guess. Oh yeah. Children. children.